Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. Wild card edition of the Total Coverage Podcast here on the SiriusXM Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kirk Morrison, man. Took you through 18 weeks of the regular season. Now, taking you into the first ever three-day wild card weekend. We just finished up in the National Football League. So great to be with you as always. This is the Total Coverage Podcast that you can find on Apple, on Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. Hopefully, if you found this one, you clicked on it, you subscribed on it, and you're able to comment and tell me what you want to hear, what you liked about football, last week's games, the playoffs, everything. Whatever you want to know about football, I am your guy and glad for you to be on this ride with me. Man, we got a great, great pod set up for you today. My guy, join us in just a couple minutes. Dante Widner, former safety for the 49ers. He's also a 49ers analyst as well. One of the Ohio State Buckeyes. A lot of people remember him. One of the great outstanding players in the NFL. Can't wait to talk to him about the 49ers. And there, are we calling that an upset? over the Cowboys this past weekend in the wild card round. So I can't wait to get caught up with Dante. And then obviously we're going to talk about the five other playoff games that were on hand this weekend or this past weekend, I should say. So, so much to get to. I cannot wait to break it down with you. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Kirk Morrison, at Kirk Morrison as well on Instagram. Your thoughts, your comments. Can't wait to hear from you. But, man, let's get right to it. Let's go to my guy, Dante Whitner. Former safety in the NFL, 11 years. That's right, the National Football League with the Bills, 49ers, Browns, and the Washington football team. The number eight overall pick back in 2006, a three-time Pro Bowler. Got to catch him doing his work, man, and doing his thing on the 49ers NBC Sports Bay Area broadcast. Also, do a little college football as well. He's yeah. just not all NFL. He does that for CBS Sports also. A great follow on Twitter, at Dante Whitner on Twitter, man. Uh, you know what? I just want to get right into it. These 49ers, Dante, they've uh, they've kind of got the, I guess, the NFL by storm right now in terms of the way that they finished the season, but also the way that they took care of business down in Dallas. What do you make of this team's victory over the Cowboys 23-17 last Sunday in the wildcard game? Well, when you look at this 49ers team, it's old school football, starting in the trenches, defensive and offensive line, getting after people, right? It's about limiting the big plays. It's about playing physical. It's about the details within the game. And whenever you have an offense who, you know, they can, they can throw the ball to guys short and they can just bully ball it, right? Run the football, give it to George Kittle, give it to Debo Samuel put Debo Samuel in the backfield. Mm -hmm. I think that they're all set up to go deep into the playoffs. And we all talk about it in the NFL. You sat in those meetings. I sat in those meetings. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have all the criteria checked off to make a deep playoff run? First, you need to have a good running game. You need to be able to impose your will. You need to be able to get those third and medium shorts in a manageable situation for Garoppolo. They can do that. Again, they got to have playmakers on the outside. Ayuk has stepped up. Jawan Jennings had career days and came on strong even last week. Debo Samuel, all pro, pro bowler. Right. Right? I don't think anybody really wants to match that type of physicality and intensity with Debo and George Kittle. And then when you go on the defense side of the ball, you're going to beat teams like Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, Matthew Stafford, Kansas City, and Mahomes. You better be able to generate pressure with just four down linemen. You better be able to take care of business on first and second down with the run game. Mm-hmm. You better be able to limit the big plays and be, um, you know, adverse and have a different variety of things you can do in the secondary 
I think D'Amico Ryan is figuring it out, getting better and better. He showed that with that late game blitz last week. I think all the criteria is, re is checked off for the 49ers to go deep. Yeah, you mentioned it, man. The 49ers actually should have blown the Cowboys out. I mean, this is yep. a 23-7 to football game entering the fourth quarter. And look, everybody's going to make about that last play by Dak Prescott, 14 seconds left, you know, scramble, trying to clock the ball and give them one opportunity for a throw. I thought the game never came down to that. The game came down to the 49ers, to your point, physically whipped the Dallas Cowboys at the line of scrimmage, forced their defensive line and linebackers to have to tackle in the running game. And they just couldn't really match up to the, I think the intensity of the 49ers. Now, that being said, it does come down to Jimmy Garoppolo at times for what the 49ers, how they win games. Jimmy was 16 of 25, 172. He didn't throw a touchdown, but he had the one interception. Like, Dante, if there's one thing that 49ers fans they want to see is Jimmy Garoppolo not turn the ball over. But outside of that one pick, I thought Jimmy played a pretty flawless game. What did you see from Jimmy against the he Cowboys? Did. He did. And, and with Jimmy all year long, in the film and the data, it matches up perfectly with each other. 4.6% of the time, Jimmy Garoppolo has a turnover-worthy play happen to him. Mm. Something happens in the pocket, fumbled handoff, bad read, throwing the ball to Bobby Wagner, bad read versus Minnesota, where you're supposed to go backside to the X when the coverage is telling you and dictating where to go. You're still trying to force it into George Kittle and Debo Samuel. And that's the only thing. If he can just limit those and get it down to around 2%, that's where Aaron Rodgers is with the turnover-worthy plays, 2%. The 49ers offense will, you know, I, I think they will possibly be unstoppable because when they play to his strengths, the accuracy, the inside throws, Jimmy Garoppolo knows where to go with the football and he can get it there. It's about those turnover worthy plays. I think that this week versus Green Bay, it'll be a run first mentality, but at the same time, they're going to force Jimmy Garoppolo to beat him. And I think that he'll be up for the challenge. You know, I, I go back to that meeting earlier in the season between the 49ers and the Green Bay yeah. Packers. It, it, Jimmy had one of his better games and he led a comeback drive, a game winning drive that we thought until you left too much time on the clock for Aaron Rodgers. They go down and kick the field goal Packers win. But I thought we saw some strides in that first game that should give the 49ers confidence that they can go out and beat the Packers. Is there any other reason why that outside of what we saw in that first matchup that gives you that confidence that they can go to Green Bay and get and come away with a victory? Yeah, but when I look at that game and I look about who was playing and who wasn't, okay, Elijah Mitchell, he wasn't on the scene yet. Okay. He was still, you know, nursing an injury coming off the preseason. Jermichael right. he wasn't back. Mm. Uh, Jeff Wilson wasn't back. On the outside, Brendan Ayuk had only two catches coming into the game, and this was week three. He was in the doghouse. Yeah, he um, was. <laughs> Samuel, he wasn't the player that he is now. They weren't moving him around, giving him direct carries in the backfield. He wasn't... Uh, you know, that H-back wide receiver combination just right. yet. So they hadn't really figured out their identity on the time. And when I look at the defense, and you can go back and look at it. Yeah. And we know so many times if you play Aaron Rodgers, it's not about giving up a first down. It's about giving him certain looks where he can hit you for a big play. Right. And when you look at that first third and three, and just like Kwan Williams got beat on that slot fade last week because mm -hmm. Tart was in the middle, they got man covers across the board. Yep. They went to that fly fade. That same thing happened in Green Bay. There's so many times where they're just lining up in coverages and being arrogant and saying, hey, beat us. And Aaron Rodgers beat them every time they did that. They <laughs> right. had five pass interferences, if I'm not mistaken, in the game, in the first half. 
three on Devontae Adams, 25 yards, 35 yards, and another one that was big. They gave up. They let Aaron Rodgers dictate the coverages. You know when you have three guys in a certain area, like a box, you have one guy on the point, two guys. You normally go to a box when you're playing quarters. Everybody has a quarter of the field, and the safety is a go box, and you're really zoning it out. Right. They let the Green Bay Packers dictate when they were going to go box when they didn't really have a true cluster. If you look at it and you get into the details, the tight end is off the ball with his hands on his knees. That's not a bunch to me. That means <laughs> he's staying in for protection. Yeah. They're about to throw the ball deeper down the field. So how about yeah. we just stay in our man principles? We put a little more time on the nickel right. to rough that guy up in the slot so that he can't get inside behind the middle linebacker and get that deep over route throw. So it's yeah. the simple details. And when I would talk to the safeties of the 49ers, it's not about getting down and playing the run. You can play the run from 12, year, 12 yards 12 deep. Yards out. Yeah. Your body position, your whip, and your depth of the quarterback will get him off of that read. So Jimmy Ward, instead of running down in the box, like a three or four yard run is going to kill you, how about you show near the numbers when you're coming down and cover three? How about the corner get up and play some press bail and win? Aaron Rodgers draw back and look over there. It looked like you got help over the top. Then you could play your run from there. You could play your flat from depth. The backside safety when you go into the middle of the field, don't just turn and run. Back straight up a little bit. Make him work post-snap, and then you have a front four that can get there and, and put pressure on him. So if the 49ers just make those small tweaks on defense, yeah. if you go back and watch the first half of this game, Kurt, you would yeah. be like, there are so many self-induced throws that you just showed him the coverage. If you can just take those away and take the PIs away, the 49ers win that game in week three. So I think it's a lot closer than what people are saying right now with the 49ers in Green Bay. Look at you, man. You sound like you're ready to get back out there and play. If Eric Man, Warner it's just it, like when I watched, it, I watched it this morning again, it was like, dude, this is everything we taught not to do. He going to snap the ball with five to seven seconds on the clock. Oh, Don't show the blitz. Be yeah. patient and poised. Yeah, you should you should be able to see this the play clock too because everybody can see the play clock. You look at the opposite end. Remember, you play the pass, react to the run. Yes, <laughs> a five yes. yard run ain't gonna hurt you. Now the ain't gonna hurt you. Yeah, the One thirty thing yard pass is big plays. Make them dink and dump. That's when Aaron Rodgers over the history, and we beat him multiple times. We beat him three times to put him out of the playoffs. Right. Two or three times. We had to manipulate our coverage, give up the underneath, force him into mistakes, let our front four go and eat. Don't tip him off too early. Don't let him read the mail before it's open. Yeah, man. Whew. Oh, man, I was telling people, oh, man, they don't know about Whitner and Goldson in the back end, man. Understanding yeah, the coverages, showing different looks, showing that, hey, Aaron Rodgers is not going to get the same look over and over. But the, you mentioned it. There has been matchups between these two teams, 49ers and Packers. And the one that I can't get out of my mind the most is the most recent, the NFC championship game where the 49ers took the ball out of Jimmy G's hands and it just ran the football over and over again. I kind of see, feel like that's the matchup that we're going to see again is a 49ers run game in green Bay. And because of Jimmy G not knowing, you know, <laughs> which Jimmy G you're going to get that we're going to see another nine on seven type of game where they just run the football. Everything is set up for a run dominant game. Think about it. The weather. Right. When you're running that ball and, you know, Elijah Mitchell, he bring a little extra at the end of that. Yeah. Right. Under, Jeff yeah. Wilson, bring a little extra. Debo Samuel, bring a little extra. George Kittle. I don't care if Green Bay, if they live in the elements. A lot of those guys are from down south. They're not used to the elements either. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I played in Buffalo. I never got used to it. Yeah. It's all about your mindset on that day. And the way that the 49ers are 
the, the, the makeup of that team, yeah. I'm thinking 40 carries. I'm thinking a backyard brawl. Mm -hmm. It's going to get ugly to where if they can control Preston Smith on the edge and they can look for that cutback lane, like Elijah Mitchell has been exploiting all year, I think yeah. Green Bay will have a lot of difficulty stopping this offense. Once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. So ball control, steal some possessions, man, we might come down to the fourth quarter and uh, see if the 49ers can advance to the NFC Championship. Yeah, just a couple more minutes here with Dante Whitner. Uh, look, last couple questions, honestly. Uh, what kind of performance do you need from Jimmy G? in order to win? You just need efficient. You need to, and when I go back and watch that first game, they, they, I played for Joe Barry. I played for him in Washington. I know that yeah. his defense is pretty basic, right? And I think they caught the 49ers off guard a lot of times on third down in that first game where Joe Barry got the best of Kyle Shanahan sometimes. He showed some man coverages. He gave some zone alignments. He confused mm -hmm. them. They tried to run crossing routes and cover three. Joe Barry wins. Right. They try to run deep routes, inside routes when the leverage is telling the guys to be outside. When they got a safety dropping down in the middle or a linebacker in there, they want you to run these type of routes. So I think that Joe Barry got the best of Kyle Shanahan first, but efficient from Jimmy, run the offense, good play fakes in the RPO game, take care of the ball in the pocket. Know that you don't have to do anything special. You have playmakers all around you. They're considered the yak bros for a reason. This team is the number one yards after the catch team in football. Don't do anything special. Get it to the playmakers. And when it comes down time to it, make sure that you are manipulating the underneath coverage with your eyes. It was a play that was drawn up for George Kittle to have a 75-yard on a post on the backside. They had a corner on him. They had Brandon Ayuk, who wasn't playing that well at the time. And he gave a lazy route to the front side Ayuk when he's supposed to take the safety and the corner and – Jair Alexander ended up coming off on the deep post and going up mm. for an interception. If Jimmy intently stares down IU, knowing that he wants to go to George Kittle okay. all the way with his shoulders, with his eyes, with his mannerisms, he can make both of those DBs front side, jump on IU, and he can lay the ball out there to the opposite side numbers if you have a 75-yard touchdown instead of an interception with a 35-yard run back. That's the difference, and that'll be the difference on Saturday. Oh, man. Look at you, man. You get me excited for this matchup, man. You, my guy, Brent, I mean, uh, uh, TKO Spikes, Joe Staley, yes, man, sir. you guys do a great job on the uh, NBC Sports Bay Area uh, show, getting ready for the 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. I know you're a busy man, Dante, a busy week, but man, appreciate you joining the Total Coverage Podcast. Catch up soon with you, brother. All right. Yes, sir. Hopefully, I'll see you in the Super Bowl when the Niners yeah. make it. <laughs> Hey, man, NFC we'll Championship be out there for the game, whole too. Week, ready yeah. in a row. I see you, you out see, there. I'm in here in L.A. I'm hoping Rams take care of business, 49ers take care of business. I see and you in is. L.A. There yes, it is. Yes, sir. <laughs> here we go. All right, Dante, man. Catch up with you soon, brother. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Kurt. Uh, <laughs> that was Dante Whitner. 11 years in the NFL, man, with the Bills, 49ers, Browns, and the Washington football team. Man, follow him on Twitter, at Dante Whitner. Oh, man, he's a great follow, great dude. Also does a little college football as well. Glad to see him and glad for him to be able to come on to the Total Coverage podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser, and I've got a new podcast, In Conversation, where I'll draw from 45 years of covering the Final Four, the NBA Finals, Wimbledon, the World Series, the Super Bowl, the Olympics. CBS even sent me to the fall of the Berlin Wall. 
I think you'll enjoy the give and take. So subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app included in most subscriptions. Let's head to the Queen City on this Total Coverage Podcast wildcard playoff edition because that's where the first playoff game actually was in the wild card round. It was the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Cincinnati won this playoff game. Their first playoff game at home in 31 years in which that they won a playoff game. I cannot believe it's so much to get to, but the 26-19 victory over the Raiders, it was their first one. 31 years that they've been waiting to win another playoff game. And for people, yes, text messaging wasn't even out yet. So people have never sent the text. Wow, did you see that Bengals playoff win? That's one of the craziest things that I thought about all weekend long. People can now send the text that the Bengals have won a playoff game. And they did it on the shoulders of their quarterback, Joe Burrow, 24 of 34, 244 yards, two touchdowns, but no interceptions. That's 13 touchdowns and no interceptions for Joe Burrow in the money downs, the money month. I'm calling it the money month. That's, you know, after Thanksgiving, that's after Christmas, that's January football, all of that. He was money in that final stretch of the regular season and now playoffs. No interceptions for Joe Burrow. But Cincinnati, they scored on their first four possessions. They led this game 20 to six in the second quarter, but there was a controversial play. Joe Burrow, he hit Tyler Boyd for a 10 yard touchdown in the second quarter, but it seemed that the whistle blew right as Joe Burrow threw a football where it seemed like he was out of bounds, but he wasn't out of bounds. The ball's in the air, you hear a whistle, Tyler Boyd catches a touchdown. And next thing you know, they're saying it's a touchdown, but the whistle blew, is he out of bounds? It was a lot going on. To me, I don't know what happened. I just know that the officials should have stopped. It was an errant whistle. The play could not be reviewed, but it should have been replayed. And the officials came together and they just blew it. I think the NFL blew that call. They blew a situation in which the Raiders end up losing the game by seven points. That's seven points that could have been taken off the board had that touchdown not been upheld. Now, would they have kicked a field goal? It could have been a three, sure, but it would have also gave the Raiders an opportunity to kick for three at the end of the game rather than have to go for seven, which was that interception at the end of the game by Derek Carr, which we'll get to in a minute. But overall, the performance I mentioned of their quarterback, the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, outstanding. But Jamar Chase, he was also exceptional. Nine catches, 116 yards. And C.J. Uzama, six catches, 64 yards. And he had the opening touchdown of the football game. A nice strike from Joe Burrow on the backside to uh, C.J. Uzama, who took care of business early on. Kicker Evan McPherson had a solid season, had a solid night in his first wild card appearance. Four for four on field goals. He hit both extra points. He was the first rookie to make four field goals in a postseason debut. Talk about guys making their postseason debut in Cincinnati. They stood out. And one of my guys, a fellow Mountain West Conference linebacker, such as myself, Logan Wilson, the pride of Wyoming University, he led the team with 12 tackles. Jermaine Pratt, he threw in nine tackles and also had an interception, the one I just talked about from Derek Carr, the one that sealed the victory with 17 seconds left at the two-yard line. 
but Cincy, they lost their leading sacker. That's right, Trey Henderson to a concussion in that third quarter. They also lost Larry Ogunjobi, who was actually done for the year with a foot injury. Man, that is going to be tough for Cincinnati as they head to Nashville. That's right, to take on the Tennessee Titans in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. But what a victory by the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I mean, for me, I thought that this team proved a lot that you can change things around really quickly in the nfl 2019 this team won two games they draft joe burrow in 2020 he gets injured he comes back this team comes back they draft jamar chase they're a playoff team they're a division champion team and now they're going into the divisional round to have an opportunity to knock off the number one seed you know tennessee titans but what a game i thought if there's things that for me that sum up this game they were poised they were mature, they were calm, they handled business. And that's what you expect, I think, for certain teams. If you feel like you have confidence in them, if they show those attributes, I think that they can move on. Now, I look at the other team that they played against, they did not play that way. And that was the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, the Raiders had won four straight games heading into the playoffs, but yet in this game, they lost a turnover battle, two to zero. They went one for five in the red zone. Derek Carr threw the ball 54 times. He completed 29 of them, but 310 yards in the air, one touchdown, and the one interception that I mentioned at the end by Jermaine Pratt, the linebacker for Cincinnati. There was also the fumble early on, not necessarily Derek Carr's fault, but hey, you know, your tackle gets beat off the line of scrimmage, the ball is stripped out, and it's recovered by the Bengals. That's not, but Derek Carr has had a problem in holding on to the football, even when sacked, and it came up uh, in that point of the game as well. 54 passing attempts, by the way, I mentioned, was the most since week one in an overtime win over Baltimore. Wow, I was at that game a very long time ago. I just thought that the, the Bengals took care of business. They had a different level of intensity than the Raiders. And the Raiders kind of didn't match it early on. They kind of got comfortable in the game and made it more of a game in the second half. But Cincinnati, the way that they started the game, I felt that the Raiders were playing, uh, we're gonna have to play Captain Comeback again, which is how they won, you know, games down the stretch this season. That last four games, it was them kicking last second field goals, you know, one possession games. But it bit them this time when they played against the Bengals in that fourth quarter. Now, I think the Bengals have a great opportunity to beat the Tennessee Titans. I know that they have an identity. They love to run the football, but they got a quarterback in Joe Burrow that I'm not surprised. He's played in big moments, won a national championship. He is also a Heisman Trophy winner. He's played in big games, been in big moments. I'm not surprised at all how well he played in his first playoff opportunity. That gives me a ton of confidence they can go in to Nashville and beat those Tennessee Tennessee Titans and move on to the next round to the conference championship game. Crazy to think that Cincinnati can be there after going two and 14 two years ago. Now, look, Rich Basaccia, did he do enough to win the head coaching job? I don't know for the Raiders. I don't know. I can't say. And with them, the Raiders just firing Mike Mayock, their general manager, I don't know what that means for Rich Basaccia, even more so. So there's a lot of questions for the Raiders. Also at the quarterback position, Derek Carr, final year of his contract upcoming in 2022. There's a lot of, uh, I would say, not one call it unstable, but decisions definitely have to be made when it comes to the Las Vegas Raiders. But hey, they made the playoffs, outstanding job. They won the last four. 
kudos to them after the season that they've had, the turmoil, adversity. There's been a lot, but I give them a ton of congrats on the season, but there will be a lot of decisions being made going forward. There's always what happens when you get to the trilogy, right? The rubber match, you know, three games. Each team is 1-1. Who's going to win the three, right? Whether it's a boxing match, whether it's a movie, does the third one usually live up to the hype? And I don't know if this one really lived up to the hype, but I have sort of a different take on Bills beating the Patriots, right? Because that's what happened. The Buffalo Bills took down and demolished the Patriots 47-17, to handing the Patriots their worst playoff loss under Bill Belichick. And I want to give my buddy a ton of credit, Ryan Clark. He said it best. The Buffalo Bills beat the New England Patriots for their ancestors before them. <laughs> and I thought it was perfect because how many times have teams went up against the Patriots? I know I have as a former Buffalo Bill and have come out on the opposite side of a victory. And you're like, man, come on. And you watched all the victories by Tom Brady and Belichick together for so many years. And yet it was for the first time that I thought a team just went in there and not even went out, sorry, the team went up against the Patriots and whipped them from beginning to end. And it was ongoing. It was an onslaught. The first was seven, eight possessions were touchdowns. It was unbelievable how the Buffalo Bills took care of business and beat up on Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Josh Allen was brilliant, 21 of 25, 308, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. And look, he's been carrying the football. Ever since that first matchup, he didn't have many yards. And remember, it was a windstorm, and they just got flat out outplayed and outcoached in that game. Well, no more. And they've added him in the running game as he had six carries, 66 yards. That is nine touchdowns for Josh Allen, zero interceptions versus the Patriots this year. I just mentioned they scored on their first seven drives, not field goals, touchdowns. They also did not have a punt. Yeah, my buddy's a special teams coach over there, my college teammate. Yeah, he had a light day because he didn't have to worry about punting the football, man, at all. But it was their running game. And Devin Motor Singletary, 16 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Look, Buffalo outrushed the New England Patriots 174 to 89. That was not the case in game number one. But Buffalo saw it in game two as they outrushed the Patriots. Game three, they outrushed the Patriots. Oh, that seems to be how to beat the New England Patriots. Nine different guys caught a pass in this game for the Bills, including Tommy Doyle, the offensive tackle. And Dawson Knox, he led the team with five catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns, but one touchdown in particular. Thought Josh Allen was throwing the ball away, but here comes the arms of Dawson Knox going up, grabbing one for a touchdown. This Buffalo Bills defense also put Mac Jones in a blender. He was Mac, not Mac and cheese, but at, by no means. He was Mac and blended. As the Buffalo defense, they sacked him three times, and it was an interception by Micah Hyde. One of two interceptions on the day by this Buffalo Bills defense, the other by Levi Wallace. But Micah High robbed what could have been a touchdown that would have gave, I think, New England life. And Micah High came playing center field looking like Willie Mays 
comes all the way across, grabs the football, I mean, intercepts the football, and really took away the only true scoring threat early on from the New England Patriots, because that's how dominant the defense was. New England, they lost four or five games to end the season. And Mac Jones throwing seven interceptions over that span really came down to earth. Remember, a lot of people were talking about the Patriots. They got their quarterback. Here they come. They're favorites in the AFC. And very quickly, that was all changed. Just give it time. I know everybody wants the hot takes. Just give it time. That's what the league's about. And Mac Jones really came down to life, and he showed why he is still a rookie. The Patriots have not won a playoff game since Super Bowl 53. That's the first time they have now gone two seasons without a playoff win. It happened way back in 2008 and 2009. So we'll see what's up with the Patriots going forward. They have some things that they'll get finished. They got the quarterback. We'll see what that looks like for you guys in the future. As for the Buffalo Bills, they get a date. They get a date with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? We'll talk about the Chiefs in just a minute. But Bills Chiefs, Sunday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. I cannot wait. Remember, Buffalo Bills, they defeated Kansas City all the way back in week number five. A dominant performance, 38 to 20. And the Chiefs defeated Buffalo in the AFC title game last year, uh, 38 to 24. So you're seeing a sort of similar scores. But these teams, the last two times, again, that they've linked up, each team has a victory, but yet who wins the trilogy, the rubber match, man? This is going to be fun, fun, fun. Look, the Buffalo Bills, their trajectory is, is upward. They are starting to feel themselves at the right time. They're peaking at the right time when you want to peak in the playoffs. I don't care about peaking in the regular season. That's for analysts. That's for people. Everybody said, oh, my God, this team is the best team in football. Yeah, so were the Arizona Cardinals. I'll talk about them a little bit later on as well. But when you think about just overall, you have to love that the Buffalo Bills are a true contender. And I think this is their best opportunity to get to a Super Bowl. I really do. It, this game against the Chiefs, honestly, may be a AFC championship game. Because I think whoever wins this one has a clear path to get to the Super Bowl. Because I just don't think the other matchup, Tennessee, and Cincinnati can live up to this one. So I get a chance to see it uh, and watch it. And I believe that if Josh Allen has a game like he did last week, I don't know how the Buffalo Bills can be beat. I think right now, Josh Allen is the hottest quarterback in the NFL. And look, we'll see what Aaron Rodgers has to say about that. But man, Josh Allen doing it not only with his arm, but with his legs. It's going to be a tough out in the AFC. So I can't wait to see that matchup. Chiefs versus <laughs> Bills. Gonna be a fun one. Not all games were good in Wild Card Weekend, but one of the games that just really, you kind of felt that there was no way Philadelphia was going to go to Tampa and win. And I was correct, right? The, the Buccaneers are trying to repeat as champions. And they took their first step towards that repeat, just dismantling the Philadelphia Eagles 31 to 15. Tom Brady was Tom Brady. And I said it before on my Twitter account at Kirk Morrison. Tom Brady is like 
just like Thanos getting like those those infinity stones. <laughs> it's just he's a different quarterback. He's a different dude when it comes to the playoffs. And you saw that 29 to 37, 271, two touchdowns. Tom Brady's career playoff record, by the way, he's won 35 games. He's only lost 11. You talk about experience, 46 games started by Tom Brady in the postseason. That is a ton. And you can tell by the way that he conducted his offense, the way that he gets guys ready to go and in motion and uh, lined up, motivate everything. It's a different animal. It's because of him. Look, they had touchdown drives of 10 plays and 12 plays in the first quarter. They led 17 nothing at half. This game was over. Like, I started doing other things with my day. Because I was like, all right, this is the first game of the day. I got to just go do something else. Because there was no way that they were going to lose this football game. They outgained the Eagles 137 to 17 in the first quarter. Had 11 first downs to one first down. Mike Evans had nine catches over the game, 117 yards, one touchdown. And, oh, playoff Rob is back. That's right, Rob Gronkowski, five catches, 31 yards, and one touchdown. There was no Leonard Fournette. There was no Ronald Jones, but Keyshawn Vaughn, 17 carries, 53 yards. He also added a touchdown. So they found offensive weapons even when they were down two guys and remember they're still down chris godwin and we know about antonio brown no longer with the football team but as much as we talk about the offense of the tammy buccaneers talk about that defense that defense that held the philadelphia eagles scoreless until the fourth quarter this thing was 31 nothing in the fourth quarter before you know obviously uh jalen hurts started to make a couple things happen but he was intercepted twice shaq barrett mike edwards and the eagles their league best rushing team averaging nearly 160 yards per game. Yeah, the Tampa Bay defense held them to just 95. Now, this was not all, you know, giggles and smiles for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tristan Wirfs left the game early with an ankle injury. Availability in question versus the Rams, which is another game we'll talk about Rams Cardinals a little bit later on the pod. But I give a ton of credit to the Eagles. Nick Sirianni, rookie head coach, took his team to the playoffs. Philly, look, they got three first-round draft picks next year and a vote of confidence for Jalen Hurts for this game. Didn't have his best game, but I think the team didn't have their best game. They realized that the team across from them, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, those are Super Bowl champions. Those are guys who have won it, and they see how what you need, the intensity that you need in order to play on that level in which we saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I, I get it. They play in a division that has been probably one of the worst in the NFL, the NFC East. And the Cowboys didn't make up for that either with their loss to the 49ers. Like I said, we'll get to, but I give them a ton of credit to Eagles. And if they're going to be a team I want to watch, those three first round picks next year, can they get some immediate impact players? That'd be something I would love to watch. But Jalen Hurts, I think, is the future. He may be the answer for this football team. I'm not saying we'll know long-term, but I do want to see one more year of what it looks like. And maybe you get some more players around them, more guys. I mean, look, there were some drops in this game. Not all his fault, but definitely want to see what year two under Nick Sirianni looks like. And uh, congratulations to them making the playoffs and moving on. Now, the Bucks, yes, the Buccaneers will take on the Los Angeles Rams. We'll see that game on Sunday, 12 noon on the Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the uh, on the East Coast. I cannot wait for that divisional round matchup. Now, the big thing is, can Tristan Wirfs go? Will he be able to play? Will he be able to handle Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, or even Aaron Donald if he's lined up against them? And where will the production come from? We know about Mike Evans, but who is going to be the next man up? Jalen Ramsey 
will have his hand full with Mike Evans, but who's the next guy that's going to step up? And what will the health be of Leonard Fournette and also Ronald Jones? And like I mentioned before, no Godwin, no AB. Where will the production come from for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? That's my storyline for that game coming up, and I can't wait to see what happens on Sunday, Rams at Bucks. But an outstanding win by Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, great job of doing what they were supposed to do, which was beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Had to happen 18 years in the nfl and ben roethlisberger walks off it's not necessarily the sunset he walked off but you know a guy who held his head up high it was ben roethlisberger's finals game in the nfl we expect as he'll retire in the offseason big ben is the fifth all-time in passing yards in nfl history two-time super bowl champion and i know it's a tough way to go out but the chiefs are a good football team i'm going to remember ben roethlisberger for what he did in his last game at Heinz Field. That's the moment I remember most about his retirement. Not that he lost to, to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in the wild card round. That's just a bad memory. I'll go back to the good memory of him taking that victory lap and ending his career that way. Because if I wanted to talk about that game on Sunday between the Steelers and, and the Kansas City Chiefs, probably would not be fun uh, when it comes to that legacy of Ben Roethlisberger. Because the Chiefs, the Chiefs, they took their step forward in trying to show everybody that there's a reason why they're the AFC champions. They want to be the third straight, they want to win a third straight AFC title. And the way that they played in their 42-21 victory over the Steelers, it is going to be tough, tough, tough to see this team not return to a Super Bowl. Look, after falling behind 7-0 when TJ Watt returned a fumble off the ground by Daryl Williams, it seemed that, uh-oh, there is a chance for Pittsburgh. And yet, quickly evaporated when Kansas City responded by scoring 35. That's right, five unanswered touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, 30 of 39, 404 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. His second time he's thrown five touchdowns in a playoff game. Oh, by the way, he wasn't the only one that threw a touchdown pass. Travis Kelsey, he threw a two-yard touchdown pass to Byron Pringle, and he also added five catches, 108 yards, and a receiving touchdown of his own. The Chiefs are, look, they were without Clyde Edwards-Elair, but Jarek McKinnon, 12 carries, 61 yards, six catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown, shown to be, look, I am still a viable back in the NFL. And Jarek McKinnon, people forget about him and how good he played in Minnesota. It's just he went to San Francisco and was never healthy. You talk about having a years of bad luck when it comes to injuries. That was Jarek McKinnon, now finally healthy. And I don't know if he ever was a number one. He always was a number two. And San Francisco was hoping he could be a number one. He goes back to being a number two, but proved that he could be a number one on Sunday night, if that makes sense. Look, I think the Chiefs will get back Clyde Edwards Lair, but now to have Jarek McKinnon, what he's able to do in the backfield out of the backfield as a wide receiver slash running back. Look, that's the hybrids things that we're seeing in the NFL. Guys who can play both. That's what Jarek McKinnon presents. He is a matchup nightmare as well. The KC defense held Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger to 257 total yards. That was it. Big Ben to only 29 of 44, 215 yards, two touchdowns. And Najee Harris, man, he finishes his rookie campaign 
12 carries, 29 yards, and his only fumble of the season. Did not fumble at all. 18 weeks, 17 games, no fumbles for Najee Harris. Yet he had one in the playoffs. Now, I talked about Ben Roethlisberger, his final game, but think about this. The Steelers have not won a playoff game since 2016. And look, they are going to be looking for a quarterback in the offseason. Now, I talked to some people close to the organization. They said, this is Mason Rudolph's team. He's going to get first crack at being the successor to Ben Roethlisberger. Now, if that doesn't work out, they can go look at a veteran. They can go look at the draft. There's going to be a plan in place. But the Big Ben era in Steeler Nation, Steeler football, is now over. And now they go into an era of what's next? It was sort of kind of a different era. If you think about it, Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin, those eras overlapped because of Ben Roethlisberger. If you think about it, that was sort of the connection. That was the bridge. There is no bridge with this one now. There is no bridge. So as Mike Tomlin goes into his next years of coaching without Ben Roethlisberger, as a player, where is the plan for the Steelers? That is the big question in the offseason. As for the Kansas City, are we surprised that they're right where they were a year ago? No. Played against the Bills in the AFC Championship game last year. We expected Kansas City to be here. We will be shocked if they weren't. And right now, their offense clicking the way that we expected. Remember during the regular season, we all said, oh, somebody has caught up to Patrick Mahomes. We know that's not the case as Patrick Mahomes and this offense is humming. Again, Bills at Chiefs, divisional round matchup, Sunday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. That will be the game that we will all be watching. And I cannot wait to see who is the final team that makes it to a conference championship game. That's right. The final ticket will be punched. And I can't wait. I think this is going to be a huge game. And look, it's going to come down to the quarterbacks. You want star power? Allen versus Mahomes who will be the last man standing. I like the way that that one's going to uh, match up. Looking forward to that one. The final game of Wild Card Weekend was a Monday night finale. It was actually the game that I was at. <laughs> Rams Cardinals. And I don't even have to talk long about this one. The Rams just routed the Cardinals, 34-11, earning Matthew Stafford his first playoff win. It was also Odell Beckham's first playoff win as well, but everybody worried about the quarterback. Remember Odell Beckham? It's not like he played in a bunch of playoff games. Only his second playoff game, his first since New York, and the whole uh, the boat photo or the boat trip. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot going into this playoff game, a lot of storylines, but I mentioned a 13-year career of Matthew Stafford in the narrative of he had never won a playoff game. 0-3 as a Detroit Lion. Well, guess what? He is 1-0 as a Ram in winning his first playoff game. The Rams led this game 28-0 in the third quarter. They had outgained the Arizona Cardinals 375-183. Only 17 throws for Matthew Stafford. 13 completions. And actually, there was two drops. So he could have been 15 of 17 for a lot more yards. It was two touchdowns, but it was his zero inner Interceptions. He had one rushing touchdown as well. And look, he had thrown at least one interception in his last four games. Guess what? He didn't throw one in this game. But it was their rushing attack. People ask me, what were you shocked about more? Was it Matthew Stafford throws or the rushing attempts? 
I said, I was shocked at the rushing attempts, 38 rushes for the Rams, because to throw it 17 times, you're saying, wait, what? But to run it 38, that's not like Sean McVay. He wants to throw the ball. And yet he was stubborn enough to rush the ball 38 times, 140 yards between Sony Michelle and also Cam Akers, who looks like a, whew, like he was shot out of a cannon. Fresh legs for Cam Akers, five and a half months removed from torn Achilles surgery. Can you believe that? And look, Cooper Cup at halftime, this team is winning at half 21 nothing. And I'm saying, uh, hello, Cooper Cup has how many catches? One catch. He only had one catch in the first half, and yet they were still blowing out the Arizona Cardinals. He ended up with five catches for 61 yards. Odell Beckham, I mentioned earlier, his first playoff win, he had four catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. The game really broke wide open when the Rams cornerback David Long picked off a just, I still don't know what Kyler Murray was doing. It was a play in which he just kind of threw the ball up as Troy Reader was pressuring him, caught by David Long, and he races in for a touchdown. And I said the Rams needed a defensive score. They got a defensive score. And they also held Murray in that Arizona Cardinals offense to 137 yards passing. That was his second lowest total of the season. And his 55.9 completion percentage in the game was also his worst of the season. Talk about having your best day when needed. The Rams defense was outstanding. Von Miller, six tackles, a sack, three tackles for loss, one quarterback hit and recorded a sack in his last five games. You talk about, yeah, quietly getting it done. This is the reason why you bring Von Miller over. People are like, oh, if Von Miller, he's washed it. Well, he didn't wash five sacks in five games. That's the last five games. That's crazy. But the Rams have earned a trip to the divisional round. They've earned a trip to Tampa as they will take on, I mentioned, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next Sunday, 3.05 p.m. Eastern time. The Rams defeated the Bucs way back in week three. That's right, 34-24. That was when Tom Brady's first game in Los Angeles, in Hollywood. But LA also won in Tampa back in week 11 of last season, 2020, on the road. Remember, no fans, though. A little bit different. But this is a matchup that I like on both sides. Obviously, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, there's going to be a lot. I look at the rosters. I still love the Rams roster a little bit more than I do the Tampa roster. But man, how do you go against the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady? The Rams, they got the monkey off their back after losing to the 49ers, where they could have been a two seed. They ended up being a four seed. They beat the five seed and now have an opportunity to still host an NFC championship game if the 49ers can go out and beat the Green Bay Packers. So a lot still in store for the Rams, but they got to take care of their end of the bargain. And that's a trip to Tampa to go down and take on the defending Super Bowl champions. As for the Arizona Cardinals, well, that's a tough one because this is a team, like I mentioned, started off 10 and two and just faltered down the stretch. And this seems to be a theme for the Arizona Cardinals. Start off hot and then fizzle down the stretch. Is it coaching? Is it the players? Something has to give. They got to find out what it is. And we'll see early this offseason, how do they address what happened with this football team? A lot still to look at and to quote J.J. Watt, this season was a massive failure. How do they turn that failure into a positive? We'll see for the uh, Cardinals in the offseason as the Rams advance.
Look, my players of the week in the wild card edition, man, I talked about it earlier. Josh Allen, man, 21 to 25, 308 yards. The Bills quarterback threw five touchdowns, man. But I tell you, it's more about what he's doing on the ground, an extension of that run game, six carries, 66 yards. I don't know how you defense it. He is going to be a tough, tough out for that Kansas City Chiefs defense. Uh, look, that's why he was one of my players of the week. I love watching some Josh Allen. Defensive player of the week, I just talked about him. A little bit earlier with the Rams, Von Miller again. He is a repeat defensive player of the of the week on the Total Coverage podcast. Look, he had six tackles, one sack, but three tackles for loss and a quarterback hit. He made some plays on the perimeter that I thought that was a cornerback or a safety tackle. And I said, whoa, that's number 40. Whoa, that's a defensive end. That's Von Miller. An outstanding game. Playoff experience, maybe? Yeah, he's got some playoff experience. That's a Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl 50 MVP, by the way. Von Miller making his presence felt and the Rams making their presence felt lucky to have a guy like Von Miller sitting next to Aaron Donald. Again, man, what a great week for the pod. Outstanding. This was just, uh, so much that we got a chance to talk about a lot, man. Special thanks again to my guy, Dante Widner. Covers the 49ers for NBC Sports Bay Area. lot that we got covered here, and I can't wait. I said that the wild card round was the appetizer, or it was the undercard. Now the main events come up, the divisional round. This is what we've been waiting on. Everybody is involved now. Ain't no bye weeks no more. Everybody involved. And this time, you win, you go to the conference championship, and we're going to break that all down for you on the next Total Coverage podcast. Remember, find this podcast on Apple, on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend, let them know, get into their ear. Say, hey, rate, subscribe, and hit me up at Kirk Morrison on Instagram, at Kirk Morrison on Twitter as well. So excited to be with you. Just finished up the wild card edition of the Total Coverage podcast. Cannot wait to talk to you next week as we talk about the divisional round episode of the Total Coverage Podcast here on the SiriusXM Podcast Network. Until then, everybody, good football, y'all. Total Coverage is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Mike Kinahan. The associate producers are Chris Tyler and Denny Gallagher. And special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. SiriusXM Podcasts.